Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Noah Strackbein, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Stephen it's been a long time of talking about the Steelers offense, two very long weeks, but even before that, it feels like forever because this is way more than a season. Yesterday, he spoke once again, and all I could think about is how it just sounds like something I've heard way more than once, but we're going to dive into all that, a little bit of Mitch Trubisky, and before we head to Cleveland tomorrow, we got game predictions, as always. It's a, it's a little rainy, but it's a beautiful day in the Berg. I went for a run at like 5 a.m. and oh, that's a it brag. was yeah, <laughs> it didn't feel like a brag when I was barely moving, mm-hmm. but it was warm. It was like surprisingly very warm outside. Fall starts in four days, so that's what you want to see. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I mean, friend. good. Uh, yeah, I mean, enjoy this last day of warm weather because I think it gets like I don't think it gets above like 65 before, like, for the rest of the year, honestly. Um, so. Yeah, our that's last a, day of 80s and our last day of summer in Pittsburgh. That's fine, dude. That's fine. I'm cool. Do you like you like the fall? Oh, yeah. I love the summer fall. guy. I love the cold. I no, don't not a fan of the sun. Well, I mean, okay. I, I like I like the summer. I like being able to go outside. Like that stuff yes. I like when it's not snowing and dark all the time, but I don't like when it's hot. I'm more of yeah. a, a cold temperature person. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm incredibly excited. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I'm all, my only my only issue with the fall is that like so I do I I walk or run early in the morning every day and it's like it, it's dark like it's scary out there right now. I'm like running. I'm like I'm definitely getting kidnapped. This is 100 percent happening. You're running like down dark streets, taking a little bit extra in you. It's a lot going on. All right, let's dive into the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, everybody knows what we're going to talk about. It's no hiding it at this point. There's only one storyline, and that is what the hell is going on with the offense? Can it be fixed? In a short week, we'll get to that. What can possibly happen in this quick turnaround? But first, we got to dive into Matt Canada. So him and Mitch Trubisky both spoke yesterday. And there were a few very alarming things. Let's start with the report that the front office and the players are a little bit frustrated with Matt Canada. They've seen, okay, this isn't, this isn't working on top of that. You have plenty of quotes from guys. I'll read a couple of them off. Deontay Johnson said, we have to call the right plays to get down the field in the right ways. Claypool said, we can only do what they tell us to do and execute it. He said, Chase Claypool said a dozen times after his last two interviews, Mitch Trubisky is good. He made sure to hammer that in as hard as possible. And then George Pickens said yesterday that he's been open 90% of the time down the field. A question that Matt Canada refused to answer when asked to address it in his press conference. You, you listened to Matt Canada yesterday. There's a lot of quotes that stood out of him. What is your biggest takeaway from all of this going on and how Matt Canada is handling it? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me was how dismissive kind of Matt Canada has been about all of this criticism. Um, I think yes. it's it's one thing to be – it's one thing for your offense to not perform at the level that you would like it to perform, but he just seems so uninterested in fixing it or uh, addressing any of the problems or finding the problems. Um 
it's it's a lot of uh it, it was a lot of talk about like we need to get better we need to find what works for us we need to do this and do that um it was just a lot of cliches to kind of dodge the the real question which is uh you know who's at fault here who's to blame um and when you have so many people in the locker room like you those quotes you just read off saying we need to uh, call different plays. We need to call the right plays. It's the plays that's the issue, not Mitch. Because again, they're all man to man. You know, every quote I've seen from these players, no one is uh, piling on Mitch. No one is criticizing Mitch. And no one is putting the blame on him. So nope. when that is coming entirely from the players, you do kind of you are inclined to believe that that Matt Canada is part of the problem. Um, and so Matt kind of not even. Uh, not even offering his side, I guess, of it, not even like, you know, offering his take on like where this offense needs to improve um, is, is really concerning. It was all, it was all we need to improve, not we can improve in these ways, which I thought was, yes. was concerning. That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's never solution, solution oriented. I've heard the same press conference for two years now. And I, that was the first thing I walked away. And every one of the beat writers said it with me is, yeah, I feel like I've been there before. Like that was deja vu. I've, We've been in that exact situation. We've heard this exact same things. And in tight situations where he's asked questions like, how can this happen? What can we do about this? Just like you said, his words are, how do you get it across the field? Well, we have to throw it across the field. Well, you have no route concepts to throw across the field. So how are you going to throw across the field? Well, right. none of that comes out of his mouth. How do you get the running game going? Well, we have to get the running game going. What, what, what does that mean? What do you mean you just have to get the running game going? And then when you ask him a question like, George Pickens saying that he's open 90% of the time. Mitch Trubisky not allowed to, to change plays at the line of scrimmage, which we'll get into. All these tough questions. He just deflects them. He just says, I, I respect your question, and then he moves on. And you're like, that's not the answer that anybody's looking for. And uh, frankly, it, it just seems like somebody who, like I've heard, I heard in the offseason multiple times, from very good sources within that organization that Matt Canada is the least liked person on the coaching staff, that nobody believes in him whatsoever. A lot of people were very surprised that he made his way back. He's had a scapegoat for two years. Last year was Ben Roethlisberger. This year it's Mitch Trubisky. And I feel bad for both of them because nobody deserves this. If you're an offensive coordinator, you should be able to build an offense around your guys. It, it just seems like, just like you said, it's a lot of excuses without any let's get the ball rolling to kind of move it, which just makes you believe this is just going to sit around and be the same exact thing. And then he's just going to coast his way through another week. Yeah. It just leads you to believe that he doesn't think that he is any part of this problem, um, which he can believe that, but I don't know. It's not the way that you should, I think behaving and kind of posturing towards the public and towards the media. Um, I think your yes. point about like the, Oh, how do we move it down the field? We just got to throw it down the field. Like this, the yep. circular logic was the most annoying part of having to read through those transcripts and listen to those interviews. Uh, it's, it's, it, I, there was one quote in particular that really stood out, which was he was basically evaluating the offense and saying, if we won, then we played well. Yes. If, oh, I we thank you for bringing did. that up. I have that exact right. quote here. Um, yeah, read it. it read it's it. a it's a fine line. What it's that question was about protecting the ball, and if you're too, if Mitch is being too cautious, or if and if he if Matt Canada is stressing to him to be extra cautious. This is the this is the quote. It, it's a fine line. What's the line? 
when we don't win, the answer would be yes. When we do win and protect the ball, then it's no. We just have to keep going and keep building trust. You're working with each other and where the guys are going to be. We all know that with statistical data, if you turn the ball over, the odds of winning aren't very good. We had two last week, one with us and one with special teams, which again is blaming special teams. Uh, those things don't help you the week before. Clearly we had none and didn't play well enough on our side, but they had five and we somehow won the game. So possessing the football is the number one goal. I don't want to diminish that point, but we've got to make sure he feels comfortable playing that just, I mean, for one, you blame special teams. You definitely blame the special teams there. And that's not the first time. Like he blamed Mike Tomlin in this press conference. He blamed the defense multiple times. He blamed Najee Harris. And then he blames special teams there. And then he basically says, like, yes, we should always protect the ball. But even when we're not, even when we are protecting the ball, we still suck. But at least we're winning football games. Right. At least we have the defense to bail us out with four picks of Joe Burrow sometime, every once in a while. Uh, and that can help us win. And that makes us look really good. Like, it, it, it is just completely, it, it's a little ridiculous. And it's like, it's like, really, that is that is your plan. If that's your plan, then we are in deeper shit. I think then uh, you than any of us could have imagined like that. Oh, yes. Um, and, and and just to base it off of to base your own, you know, evaluation of yourself off of the team success is is not a good formula at all. Um, no, 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 that's that's the thing. And there's a bunch of quotes in here from that, like a bunch of them about, you know, running the no huddle. Well, you know, it's strategic. Um do you need to call more down the field plays? It, I, that's the best one. So this is how, this is what he responds to that one. That's one of those questions that however I answer that you can take it. I respect your question again, diverting, like basically saying F off, but however I answer that we didn't produce, we scored 14 points and they scored 17. We had an opportunity to score in the red zone. We didn't end up, our, we ended up taking a field goal. We had a turnover in the end zone at the end of the half. And we had a couple shots. All of those could be three or seven, definitely seven instead of three, maybe three there. Like answer a question with what's being asked to you, not anything else. He basically just keeps running around in circles about, hey, you know, this is what we should do. And there's a lot of people that I, I think this needs to get across because there's a lot of people and I'm not a Mitch Trubisky defender, nor will I be. I, I don't think he's played well in these two weeks. But there are a lot of people that are putting the blame solely on Mitch Trubisky, and that is ridiculous, ridiculous. Because if you don't call plays, if if all of your players are saying we need to call better plays, that's not on your quarterback. Your mm -hmm. quarterback's making dumb decisions by running out of bounds in the backfield, by you know having poor pocket awareness at times. Throwing the ball deep is not on Mitch Trubisky. It's not his call. He's not allowed to do what he's not told to do. The, Matt Canada made that very obvious. The, Mitch has to do what we're told him to do because the offense is young. So that's not on Mitch Trubisky. Getting the ball deep, not on Mitch. Uh, his yards per attempt being less than six yards, that's not on Mitch. Those are all plays that are designed to go to where Mitch puts the ball. Matt Canada and Mitch Trubisky and Najee Harris have all admitted that. So. Why? What? I don't understand where the this is Mitch. He can't read an offense. Yeah, maybe he can't, but we have no idea yet because Matt Canada's offense is not designed for Mitch to actually read anything. Right, and it's just incredible that 
they're still treating they're, they're treating Mitch like a rookie. Like this is this guy's sixth year in the league. He's been a starter for three or four of them. Like this is this is ridiculous. Yes. Like this is a ridiculous way to treat a guy who's been around the league for that long. Uh, and it, it's just it's yeah. It, and especially when his main competition is another rookie. Like why if yes if you are going to handcuff Mitch like this, why why is Kenny not in there? Why is the more talented player not in there? Like what? What are we doing? This none of this seems productive at all, and it just doesn't doesn't make sense. And at the other side of that, think about how handcuffed Kenny Pickett would be. Like right. you want to talk about Mitch being handcuffed, Kenny's yards per attempt would be like two yards. They would all just be passes to Najee Harris or screens. That that Matt Canada is not going to let Kenny Pickett do anything whatsoever if he's not allowing Mitch to do anything. And and the whole, I mean, I love that quote. And let's, let's keep it going with these quotes. Um, and there's a comment in here. First, I want to address this because there's a comment in here. How can he come up with a series of no huddles? Anybody who believes that the offensive coordinators out there calling a no huddle series needs to reevaluate how they watch football because that's Mitch. That's a, that's like just saying, oh, Matt Canada drew the plays in the dirt when Ben was running a no huddle. It's very well known that a quarterback conducts most of the offense in a no huddle. You don't have time to get a play in and revert it. Um all right, here's the Mitch Trubisky quote. Um, the question was, does he have the ability to audible at the line of scrimmage? Canada goes, obviously, Ben had some things in the system as we went at certain times, but we're evolving to that, too. You've got a guy who played 18 years and a guy that just got here with a bunch of young players. So I think we're slowly building to that. And obviously we didn't get the results we wanted Sunday and we didn't score enough the week before. We're not where we want to be and we have to keep working at that and adding certain things that we think will help each week, but without creating any kind of missed assignments or communication issues, because especially in a game like Sunday with limited possessions, when you don't execute it correctly or we're not on the same page, those plays are magnified. So we got to keep, We've got to make sure we're doing that. It's a balance. What I what I looked at this is he doesn't trust a six-year veteran in Mitch Trubisky to call plays successfully. That would be better than what he called from the sideline before he read the defense. And I said this 85 times on Monday, and I feel like I'm going to say it a lot more this season, and I'm sick and tired of saying it already. Matt Canada is the definition of living in your fears. Easy. Yeah, it's like the this offense is begging to be asked more of, quite frankly. Like, they they want the chance to, like, I, I understand what, what Canada was saying about ball control, and it's it's kind of the quiet part that you have to say out loud with this team is that the offense even at its best is probably not going to be very good, but so you have to kind of possess the ball. You can't turn it over. You have to be really smart with, with how you control the clock and stuff like that and manage the workload that your defense has. But like th this offense is begging to be asked more of, you know, they want to like, they want to have the chance to even make mistakes to like make big yep. plays or make mistakes. At some point you have to learn something about this team because just banging your head against the wall with, what you're doing on offense right now is clearly not working and your schedule doesn't no. get any easier. You know, the defenses no. you face don't get any, don't get any worse. Like where this team 
can improve or will improve where you can expect. I, I don't know where you can expect improvement from this team. If they're just going to keep doing the same thing with the same people in the, the same, same people and you're wasting talent, you're wasting so much talent. You're wasting Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, who uh, like if you're open 90% of the time and I don't believe that he is. And I do believe a lot of that's some of that's on Mitch, but if you're not drawing plays up for these guys, like you did all summer long, we haven't seen a glimpse. We haven't seen a fraction of what Matt Canada showed us at training camp or in the preseason. And, you know, you you need you need so much more of that. So, so much more of that. All right, we got to talk about what possibly can change and obviously our picks for this week. But first, we got a word from our boys over at Manscaped. Football is back, baby. We're back to seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls all over the field, and your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped's state-of-the-art technology, we'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. Meet the best valued bundle yet for the Manscapes Pocket Rockets, the Platinum Package. At quarterback, the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a wily vet who makes sure that the unit is running smoothly and scoring nonstop. With proprietary advanced skin safe technology, the Lawnmower limits mistakes and protects the ball. Plus, it's waterproof, so the weather conditions are no issue. At running back, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Built to bust through all the right holes. A hairless nostril just helps keep a nose for the end zone. On the offensive line, we have our unsung heroes, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Trent Williams and Corey Lindsley of Sack Protection. Standing strong to keep your boys fresh and clean through all four quarters. At wideout, the cleanest duo in the league. The ultimate premium, the ultra premium body wash and ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. With their rugged scent, they attract both the ball and all the ladies in the crowd. Plus, these two leave your skin and scalp feeling more hydrated. That means more plays on the field and less water breaks. At tight end, the product that makes your end look tight. Manscaped's anti-chafing boxer briefs. A dedicated jewel pouch to help increase ball handling and a cool steady vibe thanks to their moisture wicking fabric. On defense, there's only one thing you need the aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. With refined cologne-quality fragrance, it keeps sweat and locker room scents from making any ground. Plus, it dries clear, so the opponents won't even see what hit them. To top it all off, we threw in the best coach in the league, the Shed Travel Bag, as a free bonus. Built to hold the team together, this travel-sized bag has a fumble-resistant zipper. This has to be the Super Bowl-winning roster, but don't take my word for it. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. And all you have to do is use our code STEALERS20. Manscaped for turning your player into an MVP. What's good? How was that? Did you get your Manscaped box? I did get my Manscaped box. I've not uh, broken into any of the products yet, but I am excited to. Um, that we'll be doing that shortly, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited. There, there's a lot of shit in there. A there's a lot there. going on there. There's yeah. a lot of stuff in there. Um, yeah. Boxer briefs, the everything, everything's phenomenal. Boxers are the best thing I've ever gotten. If we're being honest, the best boxers of all time. I'm wearing them right now. Um, <laughs> all right. 
there's a lot of calls for Mike Tomlin in this. And I think that's a part of this we have to address because, you know, I will defend Mitch. And I think that a lot of the blame is being put on Mitch just because, you know, fans obviously are passionate and it's easier to see where a quarterback goes wrong than what the play calls are. We don't know the ins and outs. Mike Tomlin. I think he deserves some, if not a decent bit of this blame only because he is the most loyal head coach in the NFL and it somehow bites him in the butt all the time. And my biggest question is, how did he get here in the first place? Where at what point did Matt Canada show I should be the next offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers? And Mike Tomlin was like, yeah, that's the move right there. So much of the blame goes on Tomlin. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's kind of two parts to it. Like Mike Tomlin obviously isn't calling the offensive plays, so he can only be blamed so much for the in-game performance and stuff like that. But yeah, you're right. He's uh, he's 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 Matt Canada's boss. Like he does have some kind of control over over what Matt Canada does, and the fact that Matt Canada's there at all. Um, I think you're exactly right. You know, Matt Canada had a real successful a pretty successful tenure at, at Pitt and then kind of went on for greener pastures and kept looking for that next bigger job. That was kind of his MO. Like he just kept climbing and climbing and trying to get to this point. Um, yeah. And he hasn't really done anything with it. Um, and so you're just left wondering like what, what, what has Matt, you're right. What has Matt Canada shown you over the past two years, especially that, that shows you, that he's ready for that he is that he is fit for this job that he he is the right person for it i i haven't you know it, it's it's tough to point to his resume to look at his resume and say yeah this is an nfl offensive coordinator this is a guy who especially given so like there's some talent on this offense but you knew that they were going to have to scheme a little bit and get a little creative to to be successful as an offense and just the blandness the vanillaness the the like lack of creativity it's it, it, it's it's something that Matt Canada was supposed to be good at and it hasn't yep. shown up at all. No, no, no. Cause that's all we've heard is, Oh, well, you know, you can't, you can't run a Matt Canada offense with Ben Roethlisberger. Well, apparently you can't run a Matt Canada offense with a mobile quarterback either, because right. I don't think a Matt Canada offense exists, but you're right. There's been no moment in Matt Canada's career where you've thought, all right, you know, this guy deserves at least another chance. Yeah, at least got to give him another chance. But Tomlin's done this in the past. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick saved Keith Butler's job for years. And, I mean, I get that, that Keith Butler was, wasn't was really the defensive coordinator, just like Terrell Austin's isn't, Austin isn't really the defensive coordinator. That's Mike Tomlin. But Randy Feekner shouldn't have had a job for a long time and did. Todd Haley shouldn't have been pushed out of Pittsburgh and was because of Ben Roethlisberger. Mike Tomlin has a terrible way of going about picking his coaching staff. And outside of Brian Flores, he is pretty much missed on every single one of them when it comes to, I mean, Brian Flores isn't really even that big of a position and Tomlin's hit on a lot of these guys. Jerry O is a great coach. Uh, TA is a great secondaries coach. You got Frisman Jackson, who I believe in Alfredo Roberts, who I believe in. There's been a lot of these things, but there has never been a moment where you've looked at Mike Tomlin's coaching staff and said, man, this guy's got great offensive and defensive coordinators ever. He's just always struggled at doing so. And then he keeps them for as long as he could possibly keep them. And I, I, I do agree with this to a point. 
he won't hire a young hotshot coordinator. I just don't think that's in his his realm of wanting to do. I don't think it's because he thinks he's going to lose his job because he's never going to lose his job in Pittsburgh. But I do think that it, it it's just something that he's not interested in doing. And it keeps the Pittsburgh Steelers back. It most certainly does. And I think it's going to. I mean, let me ask this. What is what are the possibilities? What is the possibility? Mike Tomlin's been in the league for, or the head coach for 15 years. He's never once fired a coordinator during the season. What is the possibility that that even is a consideration this season for Tomlin? Like you said, he's the most loyal coach in the league. Like this is, he doesn't turn his back on guys very easily. Um, so I don't think the possibility is high, but I think the fact that you have uh, you have Sullivan there who has offensive coordinator experience like waiting in the wings. So if you do want to make that move, you're not just hung out to dry. Um, I, I think that that factors into it too, but I, I, I can't see, I, I really don't see them firing Matt Cannon anytime soon. I think I, we talked about this on Monday, but things would have to get much worse, I think, and would have to look a lot bleaker. Um, you know, at least right now there's kind of, the potential is there. You can still kind of say, oh, well, if they adjust a few things here, if they evolve in the way that, that Matt Canada says that they need to and and will, um, you can kind of sell yourselves on a rosier vision of this offense right now, but I I, I don't see it happening. Um, so it, it, I, I don't have like a specific, you know, oh, they have to lose by – you know, they have to get shut out by the Jets or something in order. What for... if they do get shut off? But what if they don't score a touchdown in the next two weeks? Just type it yeah, there. Then... I think it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't score a touchdown for the next two weeks, if they don't score any point like that. Yes, I, I could absolutely see that happening. Um, But yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. Matt Canada seems very, very comfortable. Too right. comfortable. comfortable. It's just, it's just. Oh, you know, I know nothing's gonna happen. I'm here for the rest of the year. I won't be here afterwards. It is what it is. So that is on Tomlin. I don't think that they'd get fired. I do think though that if if anybody's gonna break that trend, it's gonna be like Matt Canada is a billion times worse than any of the coordinators that have come through Pittsburgh in Tomlin's time here. Mm -hmm. Easily, like it, it. Matt Canada should it will never have a coaching job in the NFL again. It won't happen because of how bad of an offensive coordinator he is, how bad of an interviewer he is. I mean, the, there's just nothing about him that screams like, this guy's this guy's got it, possibly. Wasn't in the right spot in Pittsburgh. He just screams, this guy sucks a little bit, and he's terrible at his job, and he makes a lot of excuses. And he blames everybody else. Right, and then on top of that, he's difficult to deal with. Like, it's again, going back to maybe this was like the first or second thing I said. Like, it's one thing for your offense to not be producing, but for you to be so flippant and dismissive of criticism and deflect and to deflect all the blame like that that's a completely different thing and that almost that almost eliminates any possibility for improvement because you are not being self-reflective and you are not saying okay how am i contributing to this problem how am i going to be able to help pull us out of this yep that's 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 what it comes down to is there's and there, this is a good this is this is a good, I don't think this is meant to be this used this way, but it should be. If you were there and there was no way you would be fired, why would you even try at your job? And I think this is directed at Tomlin. But that's the thing is, if you're in the NFL, you should have more passion about your job than anybody out there. I mean, this is the NFL. You get one, there's 32 offensive coordinators. There are 32 head coaches. Like, 
this is a privilege. And I think everybody knows how much of a privilege it is because you hear Mike Tomlin talk about it all the time. Matt Canada doesn't give me that same vibe. He gives me the, I know I'm here. It is what it is, man. You know, I get, I have to talk to the media, but if I didn't have to talk to the media once a week, who cares? And I just, I, that's the vibe that I get from Matt Canada. It's not, it's not great. And I don't think there's anything that we could do. So we're just going to watch it suffer. So do you think anything changes tomorrow? Do you think that you walk into this game and you see any, any sign of light? I don't know what you, I don't think you could change anything in two practices, but do you see any sign of light on Thursday against a good Browns defense that like, Oh man, yeah, they find they got a spark. Here it is. Yeah. I think maybe uh, George Pickens gets free for a few catches and that gives you some, gives you some optimism. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball very well. Um, Maybe Mitch, finds ways to use his legs a little bit. Like there are little things that can maybe give you a little bit of hope that you could spin into, Oh, hey, maybe this offense is improving, but I, I don't think they're going to change their approach a whole lot. Cause everyone knows how to play this team now. Like they talked yeah. all, they talked all, uh, all in the post game after the Patriots game about, Oh yeah, the Patriots, you know, they, they make a habit of, you know, limiting big plays and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not a hard thing to replicate. Like the Patriots aren't the most talented defense in the world. Like anyone can can force you guys to throw underneath when they know that you're a little unwilling to throw underneath. So it, yep. it, that's the thing. You're becoming so predictable that you can't just chalk it up to oh the opposing defense played us real well. Um, no, especially it, not against the team in the AFC North that you've seen now twice as Matt Canada with Matt Canada as a head co- or as a coordinator. Yeah. So they know exactly what's coming. Like it's right. not like they're like oh man we're worried about it. Like, no, right. we know exactly what's going to come and what's going to come. You now just have a quarterback who runs out of bounds instead of gets sacked. Right. So, it's, yeah, the idea that in two days or whatever, three days, however short this week is, that they would all of a sudden become like the 2017 or not the 2017, like the uh, the, the 2019 Chiefs or whatever. Is, yeah, no, they're not. I, I can't expect not that. happening. Yeah. Not happening. You're looking at a, a, a disappointing Thursday. It's going to be rough which is a good way to lead into this one. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they head to Cleveland tomorrow. I'm very excited to get there. I won't lie. I love Cleveland. Like I shouldn't love Cleveland, but Cleveland's a cool city. You know, Mm -hmm. the people suck. If I see one mannequin with a boner, we're going to have an issue. I think Yeah. the fans are terrible. The quarterback is awful. The, The organization as a whole, very disappointing, but the city's all right. I like the city. Rock and roll hall of fame is cool. My boy Cuddy's from there too. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers at Cleveland Browns, four and a half point dogs, probably justified after last last week. Plus the Cleveland Browns, they no no they lost to the Jets last That's minute right. there, huh? Blew a huge yeah. lead. Blew a huge lead. Joe Flacco was carving him up. Joe Flacco, which you know Steelers fans know Joe Flacco could get things done. I didn't think he could get things done at thirty seven years old, but here we are. Things have happened. Four and a half point dogs, 38 and a half over under. What's what do you got? Give me a score prediction. Yeah. Um, well, look, I'm I I still have so much faith in this defense. And I think I, you know, we've all said it going into this year that the defense is really going to carry the team. And the past two weeks, these first two weeks, the defense has kept things close, um, even when the offense has struggled to score. So it, it's kind of a thing where I'm going to I'm going to ride with them until proven otherwise. So I I think the Steelers cover. Um, I think you see a lot of field goals. 
Um, but it ends up being like a, you know, another 17-14-ish game, maybe more like, uh, you know, 2017, I think. 2017, Browns still win, I think. But, uh, yeah, take the under. But um, I think the Steelers are going to cover. I think they are going to keep it close. I think this is going to be a little ugly, a little scrappy. But Steelers keep, And that helps the Steelers. That plays into their hand. Okay, so you're going under. Uh, that would just get you under the 38-and-a-half. The 38-and-a-half is a rough under. Plus, yeah. if for the I haven't announced this yet, but um, for those of you who don't know, I am back. Okay, went zero and seventeen in the four month span, but we are back, back. Shout out to the Bills, uh, for that ten point spread. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, very very much. Didn't touch the Eagles game. I figured we we're just gonna ride it out. Last one. If we lose, we're gonna just call it quits for a week or two. No way. The gods said we're back, baby. Let it ride. So I'm feeling good. 38 and a half is a tough one, but I'm going to say it's under as well. I'm going to keep it with the under. You said 2017 for your score. Yeah. They, they cover. Oh, man, that's tough, too. That's tough, too. So my issue here is this. Cleveland's defense is good. Cleveland's offense is, is not super great, but they could definitely score on the ground. Pittsburgh's defense is going to be exhausted. Short week. They've played 75 minutes in the last two weeks. Five points is tough. Like, like I could see a two field goal goal lead or just like a touchdown by Chubb, like late in the game. But I don't see more than one. I would say, oh man, I don't feel good about this one at all, but I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to say that the Steelers cover. Okay. I'm going to go against everything I've just said. I'm going to go with the Steelers covering under. I'm going to go 14 to 13. The Steelers have an opportunity to put it away in the fourth quarter and win the game. And they don't get it. They don't get it done, which sucks. I don't, I wouldn't like to see that. I would like to see Boz get an opportunity to win one in the dog pound. I think he would do it easy, but I think it would be a defining moment that like, yeah, we can't, we're not like the Steelers just can't win with their offense. Their defense needs to win. I'm going to say 14, 13. It's going to be a heartbreaker. It's not going to be fun, but uh, but I'm going to go with it. 14, yeah, I had a rough. I, unlike you, I had a rough. I had a rough Monday night. I was about thirty Josh Allen rushing yards away from from a real good night, but did not happen. Um, so maybe maybe hedge my uh, uh maybe hedge my prediction or whatever. But I'm excited to watch watch whatever bets I put down tonight lose. Oh, I'm out of the outcome. I know they're going to lose. <laughs> I know they're going to lose. Even if, yeah, even if they win, I know they'll eventually turn into losses. That's the best yeah. part about sports gambling. I love it so much. It's a terrible addiction, but you know, it's one that keeps me eventful. keeps the sport amazing. All right. I got 14, 13. You got 2017. Let's hope both of us are wrong. And I come on here Friday morning with Derek and we're feeling real good about how the Pittsburgh Steelers offense played. That being said, I want to get your hopes up too high. It last year it felt the same way where we try to make excuse after excuse after excuse. This year it's just gotta ride it out and hope something changes. But until proven otherwise, don't get your hopes up. Thank you guys for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk with us. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all steelers talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, go to manscaped.com and use our promo code Steelers20 for 20% off plus free shipping. Enjoy the game tomorrow. I will be back on Friday with Derek. Peace.